the Ortho PAC, hosted by Sam Dyer. Welcome to the Ortho PAC, where we discuss up-to-date orthopedic topics for the busy clinician. I invite you to sit back and relax as I attempt to fill in the gaps between education, current events, and real-world practice. Welcome back, listeners. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome Cindy Crenshaw to our podcast. Cindy is a coding specialist with Ortho Carolina and recently presented 2023 E&M updates for our orthopedic boot camp. There's no time like the present to update our knowledge on coding. So, Cindy, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. PAs and nurse practitioners, my favorite crowd. So I'm super excited to do this. I wrote about coding and billing in my onboarding manual for new PAs, and I described understanding coding and billing as a necessary evil. Just kidding, sort of. Um, But it is something you really need to have a grasp of if you're billing and getting paid correctly for your services. It's also important to understand how your coding and billing compared to your colleagues, your peers at your practice level, as well as at a regional and national level. Given that my information was based on old guidelines, Cindy, I was hoping we could talk about some changes. First up, it sounds like the whole bullet point system is pretty much going away. Is that a correct statement? So as far as the bullet points, there are still bullet points. So there used to be other bullet points. But in 2021, we had our first taste of guideline changes. So the AMA put it out to us kind of gradually. They let us get our feet wet. And so they dropped the first set of changes for 2021. So we've been dealing with the first round of changes for two years now. And that really, I guess they thought they were doing us a favor by letting us in slowly, but it actually really made it confusing because we had some ENN visits that went by the new set of guidelines, but then we still had the old ENM guidelines like consultations and hospital visits that went by the old guidelines. So now, 2023, all of our ENM guidelines are the same, which is wonderful. That means that whether you're in the clinic setting, whether it's a consultation, if you're in the hospital setting, any ENM setting is now coded the same way. It's uniform. And then the two ways that you can code, you either code based on time or medical decision making. It's not both. It's either or. So now we can code just based on time and document that time, or we can code based on medical decision making. All of the old elements like the history, the HPI, the ROS, the past family and social history, as well as the exam, those items are still appropriate and still should be documented, but they no longer impact the level for E&M visits. So coding is now based on time spent and medical decision-making. Now, Cindy, I suspect for most of the people listening today, their coding will be based on medical decision-making and not time. I do have a couple of exceptions in mind about that, but I think most people will use the MDM. If the provider decides to use timing as the code, what are the different levels of coding? I guess, like how much time would be a level two, how much time would be a level three, that sort of thing. I'd say that's a fair statement, that most visits are coded based on medical decision-making, meaning you could code higher if you code based on medical decision-making than you could if you code based on time. 
the times that I see that it's good to bill based on time is when you're spending a ton of time with a patient, but you're not getting there with medical decision-making, then it could be your, to your advantage to code based on time. Every E&M visit has a minimum time if you're going to code based on time. The levels of time, they, you can do a quick Google search and find them, but the levels of time for new patients versus established patients in the clinic are different. So it takes longer to get to a new patient level four time than established patient. And the time codes are for level three, new patient, 30 minutes, established patient, 20 minutes, a new patient level four, 45 minutes, and then established patient level four, 30 minutes. And then level fives, new patients, 60 minutes, and established patient, 40 minutes. So an established patient level five is a good example of how it might be a good opportunity to code based on time. So if you spend a ton of time with a patient, say you spent 40 minutes with this patient, and the best you could come up with is you're going to give them physical therapy. Gosh, that's when the medical decision making is low, but the time is high. So that's a good scenario in which you should document your time spent and bill based on time. There is actually an add-on code that took effect in 2021 for clinic times um, that you can add code 99417 for each additional 15 minutes that comes when you're billing based on time for level five visits. And you can bill as many units of that. So for example, if I've spent an hour on an established patient visit, I would bill 99215, which requires 40 minutes based on time, and I would add code 99417, one unit of that for an additional 15 minutes. There is a different code for Medicare patients for that. Um, it's code GG as in green 2212, but most um, electronic management resources have those set up so that they change that to the Medicare code on the back end. So you don't have to memorize that code. So anytime I spend drawing up an injection for that patient, dictating that note or writing that order, should that be counted as part of that time frame in that time level of code? That's a really good question. So total time includes most items. So it includes things like obviously time you spend with the patient, family, caregivers, any counseling and education. It also includes any orders like medicines, tests, procedures, surgeries, anything. Communicating with other providers counts. Even the time you spend doing your dictation, all of that counts. There is one exception, and it's a pretty big one. You cannot count anything that is otherwise billable. So what does that mean for us in orthopedics? X-rays, x-rays and injections, the time that you spend doing the x-rays, interpreting the x-rays, you get paid for that in a different way. You get paid for that with the CPT code for the x-rays, just like injections. The time you spend doing the injection, counseling the patient on the effects of the injection, all of that is payable in the CPT code for the injection. So you cannot count the time you spend on these x-rays and injections when you're billing based on time for the E&M visit. That would be double dipping. So you really need a good time statement. And I tell our providers this all the time when they document time spent and bill based on time. I say, that's great, but is that time excluding anything that is otherwise billable? And they say, oh yeah, I spent two minutes on the injection. Um, and so I say, great, please amend and do this time statement. 
total time spent on the day of the encounter was 40 minutes, excluding time spent for services reported separately. That tells payers, hey, I know that I can't count this, and that gets it done. That shows that you are using your time, calculating ENN time on just allowable items. Okay, now this may be a dumb question, but are the two mutually exclusive, the MDM and time? And what I mean by that is, let's say if by the guidelines for the MDM, I can charge a higher level than what I would be able to charge as uh, based on the amount of time I spent. Can I go with the one that's a higher level? So can I do one or the other, or are you supposed to do like the lowest level or, or how does that work? Absolutely. You bill the higher. If MDM is higher, you know, sometimes you see really fast appointments, you know, you're doing moderate medical decision-making, sometimes even high, and you're only spending 10 or 15 minutes, they are not mutually exclusive. Use the one that gets you to the higher code. And, you know, the last question about timing, if you do use time, how do you explain that? I mean, do you write a statement, like a blanket statement that says, I spent this much time in this encounter, or how does that work? Yes, that statement gets it done because, you know, we used to have statements like, 40 minutes was spent with the patient with at least 50% of that time on counseling and coordination. That's the old time statement. The new total time statement needs to say the amount of time spent and then that time was spent on services that were not otherwise billable. That's the important thing there. Cindy, I want to thank you so much for your time and your expertise and sharing with our audience. Of course. More guidelines for coding and billing coming up next week. Thank you for listening to the OrthoPAC podcast. Listeners, our fourth annual Ortho in the West conference will be arthritis to arthroplasty, February the 17th through the 19th in Phoenix, Arizona. The details are on paos.org website. Registration is open.